Hey everyone, and welcome to the Ricky Life Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Prophet, and I want to say thank you so much for joining us today for episode number six. First of all, before we get started, let me ask you a question. Have you ever found yourself watching probably several hours of HGTV and thought, they make it look just so easy, but how much money does all that really cost? And how hard is it to redesign my home? Well, today we're speaking to an expert who knows both personally and professionally just how much work goes into making a home, well, a well-designed home. We're concluding our series on take care of your home and what better to subject to wrap on than interior design, making our spaces feel beautiful and feel like home. Our guest today is an interior designer with lots of great advice to offer, and she's even going to pull back the curtain on how much work really goes into a home remodel. So get ready, guys. We have some great stuff coming at you. But if you're wondering what else we're about here at The Ricky Life, let me tell you, we focus on what it means to start something new, even when you have no idea where to begin, how to develop new skills in all areas of our lives, and how to find that it factor that'll keep you motivated every single day. So join us as we dive headfirst into what it means to be a rookie. Come on, rookies. We all have to start somewhere. Hey, rookies, we're rounding out our series on take care of your home, and I'm so excited about today's interview. I'm speaking with my friend, Jenny Condit, who brings such a vibrant energy to any room that she enters and whose expertise in detail plus style has taken her pretty far in her career. So what is an interior designer? Well, have you ever walked into a gorgeous hotel lobby or a really nice restaurant or even someone's home that's just so beautifully laid out, and you think, gosh, it is gorgeous in here. Well, chances are those rooms were designed by an interior designer, just like Jenny. With over a decade in the industry, she really knows the ins and outs of design. She graduated from Texas State University, where she majored in interior design with a minor in construction technology, which is pretty important to mention because she not only has the design part down, but she also knows how to look at a space's structure and square footage to optimize its potential. Her current position working for a leading furniture manufacturer, as well as her experience in design firms, gives her a unique perspective in the industry. While she's personally going through a home remodel right now with her husband Charlie, she still makes time for her passions like traveling the world, doing yoga in Austin, and spending time with their beloved dog, Cody. I can't wait for you to hear all the good tips and advice Jenny shares in her honest, candid approach to life. So let's dive right into my interview with our interior design expert, Jenny. But okay, podcast listeners, so we have on the phone with us Jenny Condit, who her specialty is interior design, and I've asked her to come on the show today to kind of give us some tips and some tricks on everything we need to know. Uh, Personally, I don't have a lot of experience in this area, and I'm really excited to learn what Jenny has to offer. So, um, hi, Jenny. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks. So, can you kind of... 
kind of tell us what your background is, a little bit about your story, um, how you are where you are today, and um, just, you know, let us know about you and what you do. Yeah, okay. Well, so as far as how I got into interior design, it's really been a passion of mine since I was a child. Of course, back then, I just thought I wanted to be a decorator and then went to Texas State where I studied interior design for four years and learned that it's so much more than that and so much more technical which um, oddly I really gravitate to and really like the technical side of everything. Um, I went to school for four years and worked in various design firms, um, mostly as an intern, junior designer, and then actually switched over and have been on the sales side calling on architects and designers for the past eight years. Uh, So just recently getting back into full-on design just on my own personal, um, I like to call it my uh, side hustle. Yes. (laughs) So getting, getting back into that side hustle really just to get my passion out, um, and what I love to do. And then now on track to actually get registered to where I'll be a full registered interior designer. Okay. And, um, we kind of talked about this a little while ago, um, and you let me know that's kind of part of your background, but I've never heard of a registered interior designer. So is that just a qualification? Is that like a exam mm-hmm. type thing? Like how do you yep. become a registered interior designer? Yeah. So when you go to school for design, you have to, you have to graduate from an accredited university. So if you don't graduate from an accredited university, then you can't take your NCIDQ becoming a registered designer, okay. which I know sounds like a lot of technical jargon, but it, which it is. So once you graduate, then um, you work so long under a designer. And then once you've worked so long under a registered designer, you can then go take your NCIDQ, which is the, the assessment um, for becoming a full registered designer. So once you pass all three tests, then you can actually become registered. And that's to make sure that you're not, I mean, we're working with health, safety, welfare. So we want to make sure that people can get through a space and whether you're in a wheelchair or you're not, that you're going to be able to get through that, that you're going to be able to egress out of the building properly. Um, If there's a fire as well as fire codes, um, all the safety codes, I mean, it's, it's a lot, but it's, it comes more so into commercial. However, there are several residential codes that you need to know if you're a practicing residential interior designer as well, Okay. though they don't necessarily need to be registered. Okay. Well, I love that. It's kind of like, you know, you could say someone, when I think the word registered, registered nurse is the first thing that always pops into my head. And it's like, mm-hmm. do you want someone working on you that has practiced this and been through all the courses and all the training? Or do you want someone that says, Hey, you know, I'll stick a needle in your arm. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, that accreditation, it means a lot. It means a lot. And that's really cool. I've never heard of that term before. So that's good to know that that's um, something that people can look for when they're trying to find an interior designer to help them, um, whether it's commercially or residentially. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's cool. So that's some of your background. And um, this is actually really funny because when you and I were emailing back and forth, you know, I said, okay, well, something about interior decorating and Jenny was very clear. She was like, okay, can this please be the number one question to explain the difference between design and decorating? And I felt so like, Oh, like this just got interesting because you know, I don't know the difference. So can you please just kind of go into that? Cause I can tell, I know you so well that you have very specifics on this is how this one thing is. And this is how another thing is. So can you kind of explain that to us? Yeah, so I'll 
I'll do it quickly because if you ask any interior designer what the difference is, they'll go off for 30, <laughs> 45 minutes. Yes. So I'm just, I'm not going to do that, which is why I'm adamant about getting registered, right? So uh-huh. the difference is, um, so an interior designer could, they can decorate. It, there's nothing to say that they can't decorate. Decorating is, you know, I'm going to come in and I'll help you out with picking a fabric or picking cushions, or maybe we're going to hang curtains. Really what I call styling only because I hate the word decorating now. Um, So anything to style your place, which is very important. It's obviously going to give people um, a sense of just ownership in their and pride in their home. So it's, it's immensely important, even just decorating, right? But what an interior designer can do is, if you were to look at what I'm doing with my house right now and just the full set of drawings, it's I'm in Revit, which is a program that we use. Some people use AutoCAD. Um, I'm going, I'm thinking through every little detail. So I know the way that the family is going to function because I've asked a ton of questions. I'm going to make sure that the linear square footage that you need in your closet is going to be what's going to be functional, right? So I've even measured it down to know how to design a closet based on how much clothing someone has. And, and not that a decorator couldn't do that, but the, the technical specifications that you're going to get when you work with an interior designer is much different than if you just hire someone to come in and help you. So depending on what your need is, um, would be really where I would say, is it okay for you to hire a designer, um, or a decorator, or should you, you know, actually look at hiring the full on interior designer that can help you with putting together a full set of drawings. Okay. And, but they could also then, I mean, that interior designer could also help you with the decorating side of things. Um, it's just, I know a lot of designers that aren't good at that part and they will tell you that they're not good. I've helped some of my friends who are designers because they can't, they can't put things together on their own for their own house. Okay. Well, since you touched on it and I have been following you on Instagram and <laughs> watching your journey. So for you and your husband, can you explain what he does and kind of what role he plays, um, I guess, in y'all's relationship with your remodel and everything like that. Just kind of dive into that a little bit. So he plays no role. (laughs) (laughs) I love him to death, but he is so good at so many things. But this is really my, my bread and butter. It's what I do. It's what I love. I do our finances. I do all the design. I do the house stuff. He's He's so good at so many things and I cannot wait until he can come back in and help me. Um, but for his background, he's actually in law enforcement. He um, is a, I don't know how to call it, but somewhat of an undercover officer, right? Okay. So if you, if they ever follow me on the blog and you see the beard, that would be why. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he's in law enforcement. He's really good at manual labor and coming in and helping me with a lot of those things. He can fix anything which is great once we have a home because he fixes everything that I break. But (laughs) right now my role has really been to find us a home, buy us a home, make sure that we can afford it, make sure that we can afford the renovation, do all of the drawings, like all, you know, our set of drawings, and then really work with our contractors and staying on top of our contractors to get everything done in hopefully a timely manner. Um, So really working through the whole process of a renovation. Well, that's great. I, right I think that that's awesome that you're 
spearheading and kind of running with that because um, with your personality and, you know, just who you are as a person, I think that you have really stepped into that role very easily of, hey, guys, like, this is what's going on. Like, you're very transparent whenever you do share your story. Mm-hmm. And you're like, um, we found out that our best <laughs> is going to, you know, like, you're just, you're yep. very real and very just honest and open. And I love that about you. It's just a, such a great quality that you have. Okay, so I asked my mom specifically and a few other friends, like, okay, I'm talking to someone. She has this background. What do you want to know? Because basically I'm trying to bring all these questions and they're all, I could talk Mm -hmm. to you all day about my problems and what I have when it comes to my home and everything. But I want to know what other people have issues with because I feel like that's kind of casting a wider net. But um, one question is how much pattern is too much pattern in a room, you know, you're trying to coordinate and accent. And I know that this can probably be specific to someone's particular taste, Mm -hmm. but what is your, what is your take on that? Oh, it's hard. It really. So, I mean, in some instances, I would say the more pattern, the better. And I think if you mix patterns, right. And if you, as long as there's a common theme, whether it's, you know, you've got, colors that not that they all have to have the exact same colors, but colors that tie together. I think you can mix a lot of pattern. I think that it's good to mix different varieties. I'm not a fan of everything being floral um, or everything being geometric or everything being stripes or plaid, but a mixture of everything. And if you get the same um, color variations within those fabrics or textiles, um, whatever they may be, whether you've got a wall covering curtains or your sofa. I think you can have a lot of fun with it. It depends on what your style is. If you're more minimalistic, obviously that's probably not going to be where you're going to want to go. You might want to do a pop of a pattern here and there, but if you're fun and you're spunky and you're, you know, you are really charismatic, not that charismatic people can't be minimalist, but if you have that personality, I say, bring it on. Just maybe engage someone that can help you pull it together right so that you're not driving yourself crazy but I I'm all for the pattern okay that's then that's really interesting because I myself well we've we're kind of in a unique situation we've moved three times in four years so I've kind of had this opportunity yeah it's just been so crazy (laughs) I've had this opportunity to kind of have a fresh start you know like I've we went from this one theme in a house and then I'm mm-hmm. we moved somewhere else. And it's like, this isn't going to work. So we've tried something else. And so now yep. I finally feel like, okay, this is how I want to have my house, but not everyone can do that. So what, what advice would you give to someone? Let's say they've been in their house 10 or 15 years and they've had the same thing and they just really want to spice it up. What's mm-hmm. the one thing that you would tell them to do first? Because it can be overwhelming. If you look at, mm-hmm you know, every single room and every single thing you want to change, what's the one thing that you would give them advice, piece of advice you'd give them to start? Paint color. It's the cheapest thing that you can do. If you have, if it's really dark, you can brighten it up. Um, If it's really bright and you want it to be a little bit more moody, you can darken it. Or sometimes after 10 or 15 years, it's just time for a fresh coat of paint, even if it's the same color. So I think that's the first place to start. Um, you know, your flooring, you can do a lot, even with old carpet. I had carpet in my old place, and I would just put rugs over it to give it a bit more pizzazz, but it 
you can do a lot with just paint. And sometimes it's just rearranging and thinking about your furniture in a different way. And then maybe you get some new accent pillows. So not all of us can go out and buy a brand new sofa or sectional or whatever it is that we want new, new accent chairs. Those are expensive items. So I would say pillows and wall covering, whatever that is, whether it's paint or wallpaper can give you a big bang for your buck. Okay. And I love that you hit on that because I actually was over at your blog earlier and I was like reading your about you and everything. And I love this, the one sentence you, you like living large on a small (laughs) budget. I love that because that's what so many of us, you know, it's like, we don't have 20 or $50,000 to throw at completely redecorating our home. And you're just so transparent. Like, Hey, I go to thrift stores and I shop at the outlet mall and I find stuff here and there. So what is, if we're going to a place like that, you know, it's, mm-hmm. whether it's a thrift store or we're looking at Facebook marketplace, whatever it is, what would you say um, would be the main pieces to look for? Let's just go for a living room. Do you work on one focal point and then you kind of move out from there or how like explain, I guess, explain to me a process that you would walk through yeah. with someone. So I would start with the big pieces. So if I'm looking on and only because I'm really weird about fabrics coming from somewhere else. uh, So unless it's truly vintage and it's got a really great vintage fabric on it that I can have cleaned, I'm really weird about it. Not everyone is, but I would start with your, your TV console or a dresser. So those are, those are some of the things that I've gotten really great deals on, whether it's from first Monday, which is a flea market in East Texas, um, or even an estate sale or a garage sale where you can get a really big impact just from getting a really great console. And then that's something that then you start to layer up. So you get your big items in there. So you've got your console, you've already got your sofa, then you can start to layer the next set, which is going to be your accessorizing. So then you start to work on your accessories and your pillows and your fabrics and all those different finishes. But starting with those big items and any big wood items that you need is where I would start. Okay. Well, I like that because that's kind of what I did. So I'm like giving myself a pat on the back. I'm like, that's what I did this time. Like I got the big things first and then I kind of filled in here and there because I get overwhelmed so easily just thinking about it that I'd kind of focused on one room at a time. I'm like, okay, this room's put together. Now I can move on to something else. But um, that's that's a big thing. So I'm very adamant. So if you're moving or when you're getting set up, Getting that one just oasis for yourself where your eyes can rest. So if you are moving and just going, get your master bedroom just set up and ready. Have that be the first thing you do before you finish unpacking everything. Maybe get your kitchen unpacked so that you can eat. But that's been a big deal for me because it's such a stressful time that having that that one room that's just finished or at least close enough to finish, it's it's put together and it's clean and there's not stuff laying everywhere, I think is huge. So yes, you 100% did it right. Oh no, that just like, you said that about the the main, like where you can go and just rest your eyes and relax. And that's what mm-hmm. I, I had, but I have a sitting kind of writing area room. I didn't even care about the bedroom. I'm like, I can fall on the couch. I'll sleep on the floor. I don't care. But I had to have one room where I could sit and do my daily, like quiet time, like get away from Mm -hmm. the kids, like just go and just like be with by myself in my mind to kind of recharge. So I love that you said that. Yep. But, um, one question I had specifically for my mom was she wants to know 
what are some ways that you can make a small space feel bigger? Take furniture out. Okay. So I've been into so many places where people just cram it full of furniture and accessories. So I would say pull as much of that out, put the proper scale of furniture in the room. So even if you want to have a large, if it's a living room and you want a larger sofa that fits more people, that's fine, but get it to where its visual scale is smaller. So maybe it's got a lower back or more um, squared off arms and not the big rolled arms. It's going to take up a lot of visual space, Uh, lighter colors, lighter fabrics, lighter walls, keeping it really light and airy is going to make it feel bigger as well. But I really just getting rid of things and pulling things out of that room um, are going to be a big way to make it look larger. Um, And it's also a hack that a lot of real estate agents use. So if you're ever getting ready to sell, I had to pull a lot of stuff out of my own house, which was hard. Yes. Yes. We kind of lived out of a storage building. Like we just put everything. Mm -hmm. We're like, if we haven't touched it in like two months, it's going in there. We don't need it. We're just going to forget about it for a while. (laughs) And then we ended up selling a lot of that stuff because we're like, well, we don't use it anyway, so we don't need it. Yeah. (laughs) No, and don't pay for a storage unit if you don't have to. Exactly. Well, So to kind of segue into my next question, and this is kind of a funky one. It may not apply to everyone, but it's something I wanted to get your input on. Um, So we live in Texas. You and I both do, and Mm -hmm. you're probably even in a hotter part of Texas than I am. But I'm in Houston. You're in the Austin area. But um, it is hot 90% of the year. I mean, let's just be honest. Mm -hmm. But how do you feel about changing up a space or your home from season to season? Like if it goes from hot to cold, do we need to make any changes in our homes or is it just something that should be, maybe you just add a few accents here and there. What do you feel about that? I mean, I'm sure that there are people that have money to change things like that, but I don't. So a big thing of what I'll do is I might change out the textiles. So I might have a throw on my sofa that gets switched out in the winter to more of a chunky sweater like throw. Um, I may have pillows that I switch out, or maybe it's a comforter that you're using that you just want to flip out even because it's hot. And then, you know, for the two months that it's cold, you want something a little bit heavier. But I think that like you were saying, I think it's more the accents. I think it's more of just the, the layers that you have to your house that you can easily change out and then bring them back in, in another season. I also think it's 100% okay to not change anything and to just leave it leave it the way that it is because we're going to have decorations for Christmas and, um, you know, any, whatever holidays you decorate for that will come out and change, but you can, you can funk it up for summer and kind of make it more cozy for winter, or you can just leave it and not worry with it, depending on what your stress level is with, you know, design and styling. Well, I love that you said that because mine, mine will stay exactly how it is throughout the year. And I might throw, a dish that says, you know, happy Halloween or something. (laughs) I'll go all out for Christmas. But then after that, all of it's coming down and, you know, we're going back to normal. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Well, I am so thankful that you came on, but I have some, what we're calling a keeping it real questions. So these are just some kind of fun rapid fire questions. I'm going to throw at you. It's nothing scary. I promise. But it's something that we like to ask all of our guests just to kind of see how everyone um, responds to different questions in a fun way. So my first one 
is what motivates you on days when things are just super, super tough? You and I are both probably two of the clumsiest people on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) And the only reason why I say that is because you said it first. You said Charlie's going to fix whatever stuff in the house that you break. And I'm just, I fall all the time. So let's say you've spilt your coffee on your pants and you're running late and, you know, everything's just kind of just gone crazy for the day. Like what motivates you just to keep going and keep doing Jenny, keep being Jenny. I guess in my older years, it's just, does it matter? Does it really matter? And it's just kind of resetting it of it's either going to be a good day or a bad day. And some days, depending on what time it is, you know, as a woman's season, Um, It might be one where I just totally succumb to, you know, having a really bad day. But for the most part, it's okay. It's a little coffee. I can go change. It's not a big deal and just move past it. So I don't really know what it is other than just there are such big things going on or that are people are dealing with that really is my spilt coffee that that big of a deal. Um, So it's kind of just maybe freak out about it in the moment and then just get past it. So I don't know if that's the right answer, but that's kind of how I no, deal with it. That's great. I think that that's awesome. I think that's a very positive way. That's a very healthy way to look at life <laughs> instead of just breaking down and, oh, you know, throw my hands up. I'm going to go back to bed and watch Netflix for the rest of the day. <laughs> I mean, there are those days, right? We all yes. have those days. Yes. <laughs> but. Okay. Well, um, so my next question is, do you consider yourself a perfectionist? Mm, unfortunately, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in everything, in my job, in my personal life, with the house, everything. I mean, people can't come over unless it's, it, yes. Uh, but part of that goes to the OCD and, and it can be a good thing. Um, but yeah, unfortunately I have to say yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing. I have to agree with you. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that there's a healthy amount of, yeah. you know, that in your mind to keep you on track and to, you know, that's who you are. And I don't think you should be ashamed of that. I think that that, <laughs> I know I'm that way in some areas and some aspects of my life. I am not that way at all. So yeah, it just depends on the day too. True. Okay. So what's the best advice you would give to your younger self? it's not that big of a deal and it gets so much better. (laughs) I love that. And not that I had anything bad happen, but it just every year just gets better. I figure myself out more. I get to do more. I thought aging was going to be scary and it's turned out to be pretty cool. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And um, I just kind of wanted to, give you a chance to uh, tell us where can we find you? Where can we find out more about you? I know you have um, some different social media stuff that you work on. So can you tell us more about that and where we can find out more about what you're doing? Yeah. So I have a huge passion for travel. Obviously you've heard a little bit of my passion for interior design, uh, but I also have this huge passion for travel, which kind of fall um, together for me. So I have a blog that's layouts and layovers And unfortunately, over the past year that we've been trying to buy and then rebuild a home, it's taken a bit of a backseat, but you can follow the entire home journey um, on my Instagram, which is layouts and layovers, or you can follow me on the blog, which is layoutsandlayovers.com. So those are my two biggest uh, platforms where you'll get to hear from me and just 
get to know anything that's going on. Um, or if you have a question about design, if you have a question about travel, I'm happy to help you. You can direct message me on my Instagram account. That's where I get back the quickest. Okay. That's awesome. Y'all, you, you have to go check out what she's done with this house. It's so cool. So what, what year was that house built that y'all purchased? 1967. So it's a 1967 and, home and y'all it's the, she goes through the entire process. Like it's just so cool. Like from ripping everything out, she, you know, she shows just everything on there. So what, what else were you going to say about the home? Well, it's just, yeah. So I feel like HGTV has almost done us a disservice. We think things are going to be so much easier. So if you want the real, if you're getting ready for a home renovation and you want how long it's really going to take and what you could really find, it's great to follow there. But as far as the house, we are, um, we're really adamant about keeping the integrity of the home and not just flipping it. How everyone knocks everything down and builds it more like a home is today. So you will see a lot of interesting features that are staying over, um, or, being added that just keep with that time period. So still opening it up, but doing it in a little bit more interesting ways. Well, that's so, so cool. I'm excited I, about it. I know. I cannot <laughs> wait to see what it looks like. So how far out me either. are you on your timeline until it's completed? Supposedly two to three months, okay. but I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Oh, uh, we're this Texas heat. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're just trying to get through the electrical inspection. We had a few unforeseen Obviously, it's a renovation. Things pop up. So uh, I'll be happy if we're in in August, which will be a really fun time to move in Texas. But I would still be thrilled about it. Exactly. Exactly. You've waited long enough. This is your dream. I know. And to see I'm it ready. come to life. Like, that's so awesome. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the show today. And we've covered some amazing things. I'm sure there's going to be some people that have a lot of questions. I know my mom, is, she already talked about she's going to hit you up. But um Thank you for coming on the show today, and we will talk to you later. No problem. Thanks for having me. Man, that was such a great interview, wasn't it? I'm so glad Jenny gave us the difference between interior decorating and interior design, so I make sure not offend anyone else in the industry who has worked really hard for their titles, so crisis averted. But Jenny really helped us with so many basic things we face when we start to decide how we want our homes to look. So let's recap on what she shared with us. Number one, don't be afraid of accents and colors if it's all really well done. You should do what feels right for you. If you enjoy those loud colors and patterns, then go for it. Do it. Number two, don't be afraid to shop at thrift stores and antique malls to find those perfect, unique pieces of furniture. Guys, there are so many online tutorials on how to redo furniture, so get out there, find a great piece, and get creative. Number three, HGTV doesn't show all the hard parts of the home remodels, so take it all with a grain of salt, guys. Number four, if a room feels too small, the simplest way to solve this problem is to just take some of the furniture out. It's as simple as that. Start there and you may be pleasantly surprised how much of a difference it makes. And the number one takeaway from our conversation and a quote that she has on our blog, our number five, is to live large on a small budget. You don't have to break the bank to have a nice home. Live within your budget and get creative. You can totally do it. We believe in you. 
So feel free to jump over to crystalprofit.com, that's crystal with a K, and profit with two F's and two T's, and check out the show notes for this week's episode. You'll also find the links to Jenny's blog, as well as her Instagram account, where she talks regularly about her own home design and remodel. She has a lot of really good stuff on there, and I really want y'all to check it out. But y'all, I'm so happy you joined us here today for the Rookie Life Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. There are some really exciting things around the corner, and I cannot wait to share them with you. Also, please rate and review the show. I'll be choosing random reviewers to receive some cool Rookie Life merchandise, and I don't want you to miss out on the opportunity to get some really cool stuff. But that about does it for episode number six. Stay tuned for next week's show. And remember, keep it up, rookies. We all have to start somewhere.